Hello, and welcome to Chatting with Strangers, a podcast about chatting with strangers. We cover a lot of topics, including school, work, hobbies, and anything else going on in life. We also get into deeper conversations about mental health, relationships, and the darker side of things. My name is Tristan, and I welcome you to join me on a journey into the lives of our neighbors, colleagues, friends, family, and strangers from around the world. Welcome to this episode of Chatting with Strangers. Uh, on today's episode, our stranger is Mako. Mako, how are you Hello. today? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just like existing at this point. <laughs> oh, that's a mood. I'm not, I'm not totally. tired. I'm not depressed. I'm not happy or anxious. <laughs> I'm just here. Kind of baseline. Yep. If you will. Uh, I am going to be verbal dumping a lot about um, mental health. Absolutely. So we can yeah. even chat about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how is your mental health? Mine is actually great. I'm a little excitable. Um, so I'm going to kind of go over a few of my diagnoses. Yeah. Briefly. Yeah. Um, just kind of jump into it. I have, uh, I'm battling some severe ADHD. Um, I know that almost came out as cancer, but it's not. Um, <laughs> I, I I have really severe ADHD I get from my father, and um, it has been a battle to treat literally all the other diagnoses because of that ADHD. And, like, I have uh, bipolar 1, which is the version that um, I believe your cycles are could be months long. Um, they're not like short cycling. It's very long cycling. So you can have a really long depressive episode of like, years and then swap to a manic episode at any point. And, wow. Um, yeah, a lot of the trying to, we went back and forth trying to treat the bipolar and the, um, um, ADHD, but it was all exacerbated by the fact that I have borderline personality disorder on top of that. Oh gosh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It, it gets real fun. I'm, I'm all jacked up in the head, but, um, yeah. uh, I'm doing great so far. Honestly, I got a mood stabilizer that really, really helped. So now it's a lot easier to, um, dial in the ADHD and it's, it's, that's where I'm getting at with my mental health is that <clears throat> I've got all these diagnoses making it difficult to treat each other yeah. and they're all comorbid and very commonly comorbid. And I have just a bunch of them stacked. Um, but um, since my mood stabilizer is working pretty well, I'm very baseline in my moods. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a stoner. So that's going to happen occasionally. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as the, the struggle goes, so you've got a couple different things. Are these all, mm -hmm. do you, are you rocking a different medication for each thing? Cause I know that can be oh. a huge struggle. You are on one uh -huh. thing and then you have mm -hmm. to kind of bring in a second one, which who knows how yep. that's going to work with each, you know, with uh -huh. each other. And what does that struggle look like? How, cause on our first episode, we were talking with, um, Rye about depression and, being medicated on that and how that can take what just antidepressants can take like up to six mm -hmm. weeks before it starts kicking in. Oh yeah. So, and, and, you know, has this been a very 
long-term situation for you? This has been years. Uh, dialing in uh, ADHD is pretty easy. Um, for the most part, once I got the mood stabilizer out of the way, yeah, um, uh, because uh, we're trying to treat my uh, attention um, um, focus uh, symptoms, yeah, which is treated by stimulants most often. Oh, okay. I have, I have a different medication that treats the hyperactivity symptoms because I have combined. Oh, I forgot there are three categories of ADHD now. Um, ADD is no longer a um, uh, medical term. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So I have combined, which is the com combination of both um, inattentive uh, ADHD, which was ADD. And I have um, the symptoms from hyperactive impulsive ADHD. So it's combined. Um, we are dialing in attention and uh, focus symptoms with a stimulant. And that's been going quick so far. It's been over just a course of a few months. Um, I've tried several different medications and I think the one I'm on is starting to work a little bit better than the last one. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I've been on like the big names, you know, the, the Ritalin Concerta, which is the Concerta is Ritalin XR. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I've been on, I've been all the, on all the big names. The last one was Adderall, which was spiking my blood pressure. Hence the ritual I had to do this morning. Oh it's, yeah. So yeah. it's, it's really long and involved, but um, and dialing in my uh, bipolar symptoms was difficult because I already had behavioral issues on top of it, hence the borderline personality disorder. Okay. And I can dig into that for a minute if you would like. Yeah, yeah. One thing I want to know is <clears throat> you 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 say you're you're kind of at a good point with your meds for the most part. What's oh, what's yeah, yeah. what does life look like bef before medication compared to now? Um was everything super chaotic and I mean like were there mm -hmm. cuz cuz you know I've got I struggle with depression and there's days mm -hmm. I just don't don't get out of bed and I honestly understand that. Yeah, and then I have my good days where like this morning I was up at, you know, 6 a.m. and like I said yeah. I don't I'm not overly anything. I'm not, you know, down or super up or anything. I'm pretty pretty level on a day like today. Okay. Um but yeah, what did what did life look like uh before? Was it <clears throat> difficult to do things and off. Just, just chaos, and what does that entail? Um, so I interrupt you already. It was worse before. Oh no worries. Uh, nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody could get in a word edgewise. Uh, I what my mood swings were very violent, um, uh, so to speak, um, because I uh, borderline, and it. <laughs> Hmm. I'm also stoned <laughs> on top of that, so. Oh yeah, no, that that always helps. <laughs> um, yep. Um, it looked like, and I, and you know, before I 
started treating all of this, I, w I spent several, maybe five-ish years with my partner. We've been, we've been together for almost 10 years now. Wow. It'll be 10 years next month. Um, but five of those years I spent resisting uh, therapy. Yeah. And my behavior was awful. I was, I was abusive and horrible. And um, it, it didn't, it was not a good picture. Yeah. Um, I was not, a, it was not a good look. I was not really a great person. Um, but uh, I finally was given an ultimatum, which is, it's not uh, always a great idea to give an ultimatum but if you're really truly done and being abused yeah um you know give that ultimatum yeah so i i chose to get help instead of double down um yeah. which i is what i traditionally would do is dig in my heels and yeah, say that's, no that's exactly and, how i am um <clears throat> So when I did finally do one-on-one -on -one therapy, it, it started to open up <clears throat> my eyes and stuff. Like I um, started out my relationship with my current partner as a Southern Baptist fundamentalist. Okay. And I was uh, an authoritarian follower. Uh, basically, uh, my mom chose a favorite child which was me, I'm the youngest. And she babied me and only, only babied me. Yeah. And I, uh, to the detriment of one of my sisters often, and would, uh, I'm trying to really like ca uh, condense this, but so I, I grew up not learning how to be an adult and was struggling with that for several years before I got treatment. And um, uh, within like two of those years, I, I was deconverting. And okay. um, because my partner is atheist, he, he sat me down and said, babe, I have come to the conclusion that I am an atheist and I know that that will bother your parents because it makes us unequally yoked. Does that bother you? I said, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I believe that stuff either. Yeah. I don't want to go to church anymore. And he's like, oh, good, because I desperately do not want to go back to your mom's church. Yeah. So um, the deconversion process helped um, <clears throat> open my mind to be more... Um, uh, more inclined to seek help instead of double down. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I didn't want to be, I, I was, I was starting to become a different person. And it then took two-ish, maybe uh, one, two years for me to go into uh, what is called dialectical behavior therapy. And I resisted it really, really, really bad because it's a group therapy. Okay. But, but I've got to tell you four years later, I have not stopped going to that class. 
Yeah. Um, Some sometimes it's just because I'm I'm that same way of of I okay. I want to I don't want to be forced to do anything if it feels like someone's cool. trying to push something on me I'm like no I'm absolutely not doing it. Um, but but you're seeing the benefits from it and even though it was difficult to start that process absolutely you're you're what, benefiting from it what made it worse at the time was that i had just gotten the fresh diagnosis of borderline personality disorder which a personality disorder scared me and it has a really bad reputation and is uh represented very poorly in media um much like schizophrenia or um uh, uh, what is the dissociative identity disorder? Yeah, yeah. Like multiple personalities, so to speak. It's there. There are literal people in there. It's just a single body, and there's okay. nothing they can do about it. Like, yeah, the media portrays them very poorly, and um, so I was not happy. I was not happy that someone would suggest that I had a personality disorder. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a real personal kind of blow uh -huh. to take and Yeah. Yeah. However, after learning more about it, um it eases my my anxiety because this because borderline, let's dig into that real quick. Borderline personality disorder is not a personality disorder, really. It's a behavioral disorder. Um, it happens when a very, very, very sensitive individual is born into a family that is very invalidating and okay. grows up in that environment being invalidated over and over and over. So, for an example, uh, a like um uh earthy uh <clears throat> naturalist um uh vegan individual born into a household of hunters and being invalidated for who they are yeah yeah that kind of thing so i was raised southern baptist which is authoritarian by nature and um, I was raised to be an authoritarian follower, and I'm very, 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 very sensitive. Yeah. What 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 age did you? So you said that was pretty recent that you decided to kind mm -hmm. of turn your back on that. How how old were you when you found out, or where where that kind of light came on, where you're like, oh, this isn't who I am. Like, um, as far as my deconversion and such. Yeah. Yeah. And getting mental health. So really, if I look back, I started questioning my faith very early on because I was uh, indoctrinated at five years old. I was taken out of school um, every Wednesday to a Bible study where then I finally converted um, because they look for the window of about four to 14. It's really gross, but um, that's the indoctrination window. Okay. Anyway, I started questioning pretty early on, like, some of this doesn't make sense. But then I came back to the faith. It did it about five times as I was aging. Um, 
between like middle like middle school I questioned and then in high school I questioned in college I did question some and as an adult I finally questioned and deconverted okay um I don't know how many times that was but it was it was a, a few times yeah so you, you were pretty back and forth about it because I I myself I'm I'm raising a child I've got a six-year-old son mm -hmm. And one of the big things that comes up is in in my family growing up, it wasn't this huge thing where we had to go to church, but there was okay. definitely this underlying, like, we should be good Christians and we should go to church and we should do this and that. And yeah. I'm, lu I'm lucky in a sense that I didn't have that big battle of really being pushed into a religion and yeah. going one route of the other of like, yeah, this is who I am. I'm really into whatever religion it is or no i'm not and i have to have that battle against you know finding out who mm -hmm. i who i really am and so and i think a, a lot mm -hmm. of people go through that where um like the way that i'm trying to raise my kid is i don't want to force anything upon him because i saw that in my own family and how much i hated yeah. that and i see that in other people's families yeah. and mm -hmm. did you uh what what does family life look like now that you've uh, kind of turned your back on it? Is your family relationship oh, still so good? I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. Um, my family life, uh, so uh, it's very poor. Uh, I have a found family now. Okay. Um, blood family, I as far as blood family and relatives that are direct, I only have a relationship with my oldest sister um, and her four children who uh, all recently deconverted. Okay. Um, yeah. They they live with my parents. Okay. So um, it really started. My, my mom and I still had a really good relationship. We had a very codependent relationship. Um, and she liked that. Uh, and that that went on for several more years, even after I deconverted. It just looked more toxic because I wasn't going to church anymore with her, and she was upset about it and trying to convince me to come back to church and giving me um, uh, emotional capital. Yeah. Um, and expecting me to go to church with her in return. So she would buy things for me or um, be there for me or do things for me. And in return, she would expect me to go to church with her. And that's that's pretty toxic in itself. I mean, it's oh, yeah, it's mm -hmm. it almost seems like it's a nice thing to have that. Oh, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to do this and that for you. But here's what I expect. Um, mm -hmm. And she knew that I feared abandonment. Yeah. So she was using, um, kind of using that against you for, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, I'm going to make a lot of statements that may sound like armchair diagnosis, because uh, my parents are never, ever going to seek help. And I have come to terms with that. Yeah. My, I suspect, heavily suspect that my mother has borderline, uh, like, um, with how much I know about her life growing up, um, 
it doesn't surprise me that she converted at at a later age and that she she developed borderline she was really sensitive she was really invalidated um uh was on tiptoes her whole life you know the whole shebang she developed a borderline so yeah she instilled in me because i am that sensitive that level of borderline i have a different one because i have adhd there's there's lots going on with borderline and it it's my it is now my special interest yeah so you're gonna hear a lot about it absolutely yeah um my mother and i had a pretty good relationship even afterwards it was rocky and it looked a lot more toxic so there were times where i was like uh why are we still friends even you know like yeah. why why do i depend on her and uh it was really eye opening when i um came out as uh what was i at the time pansexual Pan romantic, okay. pansexual. Um, I was brave enough to tell my mom, and you know what she did? Do you want to take a guess? Sorry, <laughs> I don't even want to. I, 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 it's either really good or really bad. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> uh, you will cringe. You will oh, cringe. let's let's hear it. She cried. Okay, so what what were her thoughts on? She yeah. cried and she said, I am just upset that I am not now not going to see my baby girl in heaven. And I hung up. Uh, yeah. Because that was the most manipulative shit, sorry, that I've ever cuss, heard in my life. Cuss and say whatever the hell you want on here. And they also apologize a lot. That's part of my conditioning no um, no worries i i, I understand yeah, she, that aspect yeah yeah she cried when i came out and i hung up the phone uh i didn't have the courage to do it in person i was just on my way home from work and i was like by the way mom i have something really important to tell you uh please be you know seated and i don't know it just it was so disappointing and earth shattering to me that I started questioning why I even had a relationship with her. Yeah. And that's, yeah. well, that's, that's the really tough thing, right? Is, um, mm -hmm. and I'll get, you know, my, my two cents in on some yeah. of this stuff is, Do it. is that that's, you know, that's your mother or that's your father or your brother or sister mm -hmm. or whatever it is. You know, these are the people that, that should love you no matter what. And when you go through something like that and they just go, Oh, that's, you know, that's the worst thing in the world. And I can't, yeah. or like, or they'll do that thing. Like, I, I love you, but you know, and, and personally, <laughs> personally, I, I feel like a lot of it comes from a religious aspect, um, mm -hmm. where they're like, oh, you're not going to get into heaven now, or you're not doing right by God. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that's, yeah, that's just fucked up and on so many levels um, uh -huh. it's manipulative it is and it, and it hurts and and you know in my in my in my own experience i haven't talked to my mother in years at this point not because mm -hmm. of anything like that just 
for me, it's just hard to get along with my mom and yeah. it sucks and it hurts. Cause you're, you sit there and you go, well, this is, you know, my family. I should, I should, they, we should always be in contact with each other. Yep. But personally, sometimes it's better. I've, I, I've had so much weight off my shoulders. Oh yeah not dealing with her and not dealing with my brother. I haven't talked to my brother in almost six years at this point. And, you know, it's, Doesn't it, feel nice? it It does. And, but I also, I mean, personally, I, I have an issue of, I see some families that are, you know, parents are still married and, and, they do, mm-hmm. you know, Sunday brunch, and it's a weird thing to me. My parents were divorced before I was even born, and mm-hmm. I've never seen, you know, most of my family in the same room together, and I, it's very dysfunctional. And it's, and there's definitely yeah. there's there's times when when I break down and that hurts, and I'm like, and I question like why why mm-hmm. does my life have to be like this? But then for the majority of the yeah. time, it seems fine. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, no, I have those, t- I have those times too. Yeah. So, so are you, do you t- speak with your mom now? I do not. Um, we haven't spoken in roughly three years. Okay. Uh, and is that for, is that for the better? It is much for the better. Okay. Um, she, so, <clears throat> As I have stated earlier, my mom favorited me to the detriment of one of my sisters, and it's mm-hmm. not the eldest. So as you can imagine, I do not have a relationship with my middle sister because she resents me. Yeah. And um, uses me as a scapegoat and has actually physically harmed me in multiple situations. Wow. Um, and then gained sympathy afterwards. We tried really hard to be friends. It was just not a, a workable thing. Yeah. But one day I overheard something. I won't go into too much detail. I overheard something that very bad that happened to my sister. And uh, uh, the middle sister. She is an alcoholic, and that worried me. And I said, "Uh, I need. Uh, I think. I really think she needs to go to AA. Like it, it's. It's. It's getting concerning. Yeah. It's very concerning. And I was trying to be compassionate and helpful and, um, motivational, and." <clears throat> Of course, I told my partner. So, uh, but uh, in that same like room, when I was saying those things, the group looked at me and said, "And said, oh shit." Uh, Redacted is in the room. A dead name. Yeah. She is not supposed to know. And fair, but I was like, "Why are you?" gossiping in front of me then you know like if you're not going to do anything helpful why are you gossiping in front of me then yeah and so i talked to my partner um uh we'll just name drop him because he doesn't i'm not going to use the last name michael so because i have multiple partners 
Okay. Um, um, now it's like I said, you can get multiple, multiple conversations out of me, and I'll. Oh grab yeah, hold. yeah. No, I'm taking but, notes. <laughs> but my um, <clears throat> my middle sister, uh, well, I sorry, disorganized. My partner was concerned. And he reached out because they used to be friends. He reached out and was saying, hey. And he didn't go into detail, said, I heard some bad things have been happening to you and I'm worried. Is there anything I can do to help? Anything Mako and I can do to help? And I got a... angry i don't remember if it was a text or a call i think it was a it had to have been a call where uh, it was a text first my mom said why is michael texting felicia and i was like uh what (laughs) uh because they're friends or were friends have been friends and she's like well Felicia's not talking to me and it's your fault. I can't believe you keep using her as a scapegoat. And I was like, you you didn't. (laughs) Oh my God, you didn't. Just accuse me of abusing my abuser. For how long? How long have you thought this? I thought you were in my corner. And immediately, immediately, that relationship was shattered. I was like, I cannot believe you said that to me please never talk to me again and she said what and i said i'm not responding to you please never talk to me again and she did she i i tried to be like okay i i've taken some time she's like you've taken your time and i'm like okay i'm done i'm done yeah um but she reached out to me on my birthday and was like, happy birthday, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I told you. And I said, I sent a text back saying, I told you never to speak to me again. Please lose my number. Thank you. Yeah. And that had to have had an, a huge emotional impact on her because the next day, the day after my birthday is hers. So she spent her birthday with that information Yeah. of, I, I fucking told you never to talk to me again. What did I say? You know? And she had to live with that on her birthday. But, (laughs) and I take some petty pride in that, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. She's not well. And has underlying issues i understand but that doesn't give you the right to be an asshole yeah well one of the things is when it comes to family or friends or or anything like that i've had you know toxic friends and um and as as we as individuals start to better ourselves through going to therapy or figuring out our problems like like Mm -hmm. I drink too much, so I can't drink anymore. Well, um, or, or the family relationship stuff, the religious aspect Mm -hmm. of things. Um, you know, as you go through these, these steps, you have to get rid of toxic people in your life. 
And, exactly, and it's hard. And it's hard, but if if those people, like my my uh, uh, example here would be would be my sister, my sister out of nowhere, mm-hmm. up and um, and I won't say what I usually say about this, but she's in a religion now, and they're pretty strict oh, and. And she's never been like this my entire life. And now when I talk to her, uh, she's always got to bring up, you know, God and Love praying it. and and all this <laughs> stuff. And, and I finally, I just told her over and over, I don't care. I'm, I, mm-hmm. I don't have the same beliefs you do, and I never will. And you telling me all this stuff is not going to change my mind. And exactly. I had a real petty conversation with her where she was like, did you know that God, blah, blah, blah. And I, and jokingly, I was like, well, did you know that Satan, blah, blah, blah. Did you know that so-and-so? And it was kind of an, an argument of like me battling her. Bring up, we're battling each other's beliefs. Next time. Well, so, so what I ended up doing is I just, I, I ended up texting her one day and I said, I cannot have a conversation with you. If you bring up mm-hmm. God and your religion, and I said, I'm more than happy to be your brother and your friend and talk with you. But mm-hmm. every time we have this conversation, you bring up God and you bring this up. And her response to that was, um, well, you know, I'm praying for you, which is fine. You can say that. But then she's like, sure, just make sure that you leave a spot open in your heart for God. And I said, this is going to be the last uh-huh. conversation that we have. Uh huh. If you think that you can come to me that. and have a conversation where you don't bring that up, then fine. Right. But, and so, um, you know, but so her and I talk very, very rarely now. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's because she can't I, do it. She can't do it. I've set those boundaries and it I'm sucks. Glad she's respecting them. Yeah, she she tries. I mean, she'll come to town mm-hmm. and she'll want to see, you know, because she wants to see my son and she wants to see me. And I can she do about those relationships. Yeah. So she's trying. So she tries to, but she she slips up still. And and so okay. we we just don't have our phone calls and we don't text each other. It's just she lives yeah. in a different state. So when she passes through, I try to see her for a short period of time. But but it's hard and you have to set those boundaries. And if someone doesn't respect the boundaries that you're setting, or if somebody is not bettering themselves, because that's my, my right. mother's problem is she's fighting depression mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And I'm like, you have to better yourself before you and I can have a relationship. And she won't take those steps. That's pretty much my terms. Yeah. So there's no, there's, so there's no relationship there and there's no reason to have that relationship in my eyes. Of course, no one here is a therapist and, you know, exactly. I can't, I, can't give info. Yeah. But, but in my own, in my own thoughts, it's, it's not worth having some of those relationships unless somebody can take those steps. So just like with your family, you know, if they, if they can't mm-hmm. be understanding of, of just you in general, then, you know, why, why bother? You know, it's, it's exactly. And I mean, a... it's been a few, it's been a few years and she seems to be respecting my boundary. She hasn't texted me. She hasn't called me. Yeah. She hasn't done anything concerning me. And, um, I have been tempted lately. Um, I've put that on hold, but 
I have been tempted lately to, you know, reach out and give her my terms for engagement and yeah. see if she is willing to is willing to repair that relationship. Because yeah. I honestly think if she does have borderline, like I was saying earlier, borderline isn't isn't a personality disorder. It's a behavioral disorder. Yeah. And I said earlier that it gives me comfort. And the reason is because since it's a behavioral disorder, you can recover from having borderline. Yeah. You, you can get rid of that diagnosis eventually, but you have to put in the work. Yeah. And it takes minimum five years of dialectical behavior therapy and one-on-one -on -one therapy and actual work on your behavior. And it's become something that's very important to me Yeah. Uh, over the years because since I've seen improvement in my own behavior, now I have become the guru. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, my my therapist is pleased as punch about it, and it's wonderful. She she tells me that um, I'm her like basically her prodigy. <laughs> oh wow! But I but I take it very seriously because it really improved my life, and I honestly think that if she if she hasn't been going to church, um. I am pretty sure I can convince her to go to therapy. I don't think it would be hard. Yeah. Um, but, but she, as long as she's in the church, is going to believe that Jesus cured her anxiety. She literally said the words to me. Yeah. Yeah. See, and, and... I don't have anxiety anymore. Or, and blah, blah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. I, I, I'm weird in a sense of, if you are religious and you do believe that God is the answer to this and that I'm all for believe what you want to believe. Cause right. I've done, I've done, you know, I had to go to narcotics anonymous and alcoholics anonymous and, um, and one of the things, and that was when I was pretty young and cause I got caught with weed in my pocket. So, you know, That's that cool. whole, it was, it was nothing, you know, I wasn't doing anything super Ugh. crazy. Um, right. <clears throat> But at points I was like, you know, a pretty big drinker and, mm -hmm. and I sat in this room with people who going to AA was, was their solution to not drinking. Whereas for me, I, I can just hop off that train and not, and not drink, you know? Um, yeah. so I, I do believe that like medication is the answer for some people, but not for everyone. Therapy is right. the answer for some people, not I for everyone. And if my therapist doesn't medicate for ADHD. And yeah. she's got it kind of severe. Like it's not for everyone. Yeah. And, and, you know, with, with your family stuff going on there, like it's, you know, we can't force anything upon anyone, no, but, no, no. but there should definitely be, if that's her route of like religion's the answer and this and that, then that's just like, if, if you ever do come to a point where let's have dinner and let's hang out, like as long as, as, you're not battling each other on these things and you can just 
it's the whole put aside your your differences kind of thing like yeah believe, believe and do what you want to do and there's definitely it sounds like you know like like therapy's done amazing things for you and and it sounds like it would work for her but if she's never mm -hmm. gonna do it you know it's it's a, a battle I not worth fighting yeah and the thing is i like I, I i've been in dbt for four years uh and I have very much learned to radically accept things and radical acceptance just means when you sit down and you accept a situation or a fact as, as fact as is without judgment of good or bad, you can absolutely not like it, but accept it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I, I just would like to, um, uh, and this is another aspect of DBT that I uh, rattle on about constantly. She is not in my circle of control. And yes. I have accepted that. I cannot yeah. control her. I cannot, but, but she is in my circle of influence. Not right now. She's outside of it. She's in my circle of concern right now. Yeah. But, she could be influenced and I know she's influenceable because I know, I mean, for myself, because I have it and it's um, usually past uh, borderline and borderline is recoverable. And I feel like she could be a, I could influence her to be a better person, but I have sat down and um, thought about, what would happen, what, how I would feel and how I would accept it. If she didn't, if it didn't go the way I planned that she didn't accept it and has been, uh, so to speak, self-medicating with church, which is what I kind of deduce is, is how, is why she's still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it brings her desperate comfort and she's scared. Um, uh, I psychoanalyze people constantly. Uh, <laughs> I get it from her, although she thinks she's neurotypical at this point. But um, my sister said she has stopped going to church because she stopped going to church. And which leads me to believe since my I think my mom has borderline that she's pissed yeah. about it. However, she's been. They all live in Idaho together which is really concerning for me, but uh, it's not what we're talking about. My mom has been in town in Oregon for several months without my knowledge. I really asked them to, to alert me when one of them is here, yeah. but whatever. Actually, I told them to alert me if my middle sister was. Anyway, I've been in more contact with my oldest sister who is in um idaho right now with her four kids and my father who is we won't go into him he's not a good person um and i've accepted that yeah um my mom is in town and makes me and it makes me nervous that she will find me because i moved and she doesn't know where i live but okay. I'm right on a line of I like I'm right near a street and frequently use a street 
that she could use frequently and has used in the past because it's just on the way to some to some places. Yeah. And is inevitable that she'll see me. She doesn't know what I look like anymore. She doesn't know where I live. But there's a chance she'll recognize me. And there's a chance that we'll run into each other now. So I want to be prepared to give her terms for engagement. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that that will give me the influence to, um, you know, help improve her life. She doesn't seem happy. She's not. She's in an abusive relationship and she's, she's away from it right now, but is still influenced by it. And I feel like this may be the right time to influence her, but I'm, I'm putting that on hold for the moment because some other tea came up, uh, last Thursday. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean like, you know, maybe, maybe a reintroduction is, is mm -hmm. good. And of course, obviously like, <laughs> <clears throat> the day and age that we live in now it's it's a lot easier to do something like that because you don't have to have face-to-face -face contact you can reach out you know a good way to start those things is through text and see how that goes and and turn and that I into mean, a do, phone call and i do have what i perceive to be her her number um uh but i don't know if she's changed it since moving to idaho yeah so and I find myself uh, coming to from dissociating. This happens a lot. Um, just kind of staring at her contact information, kind of tempted. But I try not to do anything while I'm in that state because it's just, it's highly suggestible and uh, not very safe to do. I try to be cautious with my communication. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, that's like, you know, when I, when I, get some drinks into me and I pull out my phone and I go, I'm going to, whether it be a good thing or a bad thing, you know, I'm either going to text you this person what I'm moment. thinking. Yeah. And you think it's okay. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it ends up, you know, it, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's tough. I mean, it's, it's a whole big situation. And of course, when it, when it, I know life can be tough when you have these like falling out with friends or coworkers or something like that. But when it's family, it is, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's that much more difficult to, to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I like, you know, from my outside perspective, not knowing much about you at all. Cause you're, you know, complete stranger. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if there, if there is a way to, um not not fix all of those things but to to coexist with the lifestyles that you both have individually um right you know it's cuz like i said what's right for you might not be right for her and um mm -hmm. yeah i mean if 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 you lay down those lines of i don't want to hear you say this or i don't want this to be brought you know whatever it is you know, if you're able to coexist in that sense and then power to you. But if, if not, then, you know, you, you stand at a distance and you either move, are, on. You move on or, or try again, you know, a year from now, whatever it is, it's, it's, it sucks. And it definitely, you know, it messes, it messes people yeah. up, you know, the way, the way that I grew up is, you know, my, 
my mother and father, the only time I've seen them in the same room is at court. And then when I bought my first house, I didn't, you know, I didn't tell them that, that the other one was going to be there. And, um, but I was, you know, the, the pack mule to bring my father, you know, child support paperwork for my mother and, and all this stuff. And, and I, I'm trying so desperately when, when you, when you have a kid, it's like, you know, I've got a six year old. It's like, how do I raise him not to fuck him up? Like I'm fucked up and yeah, hard. Yeah. That kind of stuff is, is, is tough. And, uh, especially with what you learn as you, um, come into adulthood, like from your parents. Yeah. It kind of becomes real rough. Late, later on in life. You start looking back at things and going, Oh, oh, I act this way because of mm -hmm. blah, 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 because mm -hmm. of the way that my, my mm -hmm. mother did this or my father did this mm -hmm. and, uh, man. And, and, you know, I wish I could go back and, and change things or mention it to myself. Hey, you're doing this because, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's rough. I mean, you know, it so, is. um, so I wanted to bring something up if you don't mind me changing subjects a little bit here. Yeah, go for it. So, so, and we can come back to this by all means we have, we can record as long as you want. Um, so you had mentioned partners or your partner, um, yeah. with, with everything that you've got, uh, going on, you, you mentioned, you know, that it was kind of a rough situation before, um how how are your relationships uh on that aspect the the more romantic side um oh i'm so glad you asked yeah. um i could talk about this forever too yeah so uh, i told you that i um i came out as pa uh pan yeah pan yeah yep. um i came out as pan and um uh uh, leading up to that, there have been multiple situations in which Michael will ask me, Gabe, are you sure you're not bi? And I'm like, certainly not. I am a God-fearing <laughs> Christian. <laughs> and he's like, all right. <laughs> so Michael has suspected that I have at least had an interest in girls. Um, as a fab myself um so i think it was a year or so later uh he had been doing research but i had come into contact with a person that is was polyamorous and i was very interested so i brought it up to michael and he said he was already considering talking to me about that because he 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 felt like it was unfair to be um to permanently chain you down to monogamy when you spent your whole life not knowing you were attracted to a different gender than what you were traditionally told you were. Yeah, so you you didn't so, get to quote unquote ex explore 
exactly how I didn't get a chance to explore. So he was going to suggest opening up a relationship so that both of us could do that. Even though, you know, he's straight, it's got to go both ways, you know, yeah, yeah. as we've, we've come to learn. Um, uh, this got complicated. Um, I, it worked really well, but it got very, very complicated because uh, I had trouble allowing Michael to date. Um, and I, I understand that allowing is kind of a generous word for me. Yeah. But um, uh, I, like I said, I have borderline. There are lots of aspects of my mental health that play into yeah. this. Yeah. Um, uh, he's my favorite person, TM. <laughs> <laughs> and people who listen who may who may have borderline may uh, be like, "Oh boy," because favorite person used to be so like, "Oh, he's your favorite person. That's so cool." Now it's like, "Oh God, don't," because um, it is a really sick term for goddamn near obsessions okay um with a specific singular person and you can have multiple um connections like that especially if you have borderlines i so he was my favorite person meaning i uh, i was absolutely obsessed with him i i wanted to be in his presence constantly um uh which We'll, we'll get into it. Um, I wanted to be with him constantly. I wanted his attention constantly. Um, and I didn't want him to abandon me for someone else. Yeah. So yeah, this was some, this has been something that I, I still struggle with, but I have severed the favorite person connection while keeping the relationship friendly or as friends. Okay. I have had a favorite person that is no longer my favorite person. Um, so I'm working on that. It's just harder because we are, we're lifelong partners and we've been together for 10 years. And yeah. yeah so I, oh no, my candle's almost dead. Um, <laughs> I had, I had a hard time allowing him to date. I've said that three times. Yeah, no, you're fine. But, <laughs> um, but you can cut those if you want. <laughs> oh, no worries. No, I mean, um, it's it's uh, you can always think of this as just a a genuine conversation, and I really enjoy this. Yeah, no, no it's it's not scripted. There's not, you know, I'm I'm all I the questions it. I'm asking no are because yeah, I feel rushed. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you wanted to know about my relationships. Yeah, so with with uh, I, everything, how how has cuz you guys have been partners for for quite a while then. So mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. got the chance to see before and after mm -hmm. and currently and um mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Um I am having an easier time. We have dated on, like off and on um individually. We don't usually we didn't didn't usually bring partners in together, but for a while we had a pod of six. Oh wow! With with uh, two of the people, like 
consisting of three couples respectively. Yeah. Um, and two of those people had individual kids of their own. One of them had one child and another had three. Oh, wow. Three. Yeah. So there were also four kids in the mix. Wow. That's and, awesome. And um, we... It, it was kind of a, a short-lived thing over like the course of a few years because it got pretty toxic. So now we are just a pod of four uh, uh, consisting of two couples, two remaining couples that have been, we've been dating off and on for uh, a long time. Like yeah. I, it, it, it's, it's, it's a, a wild dynamic, um, but we are all, so I have two romantic partners consisting of Michael and one other. Um, and that one other uh, guy, we'll say, because uh, I'm not name dropping last names. So yeah, yeah. I have um, Michael and I are both romantically connected to Sky. And Sky is romantically connected to another named we will name Ash. Okay. Um their names, but not last names. Yeah. So I, yeah. I feel like that's safe um and easy to remember. Yeah. I used to be romantically connected to Ashley as well. Uh, uh Ash, but um that connection was very badly severed by me um, because I, she was becoming a favorite person and I wanted, and I was angry that she was dating Sky, and it got really bad. But so that romantic connection is severed, but we're still pretty good friends. Yeah. And we've decided somewhat recently that we're maybe not like calling it this but functionally we have like like oh yeah i guess we function like that we're like platonic partners okay um so like we we hang out and do things together and just kind of by nature of us being in a polycule and having even just a a deep friendship um, I feel like we have a very, very, very close friendship that's, uh, I think, closer to, like, family, I would say. Um, like, um, I I love her, and she loves me, okay. but it's not romance, you know? Okay, yeah. Um, but, yeah, my mental health definitely warped a lot of my relationships as they progressed as I got older and and learned more things but um so far we've been in this polycule respectively for off and on for four years okay four years see, I want to say yeah and I'm I'm see I'm the kind of person that 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 kind of relationship seems very difficult overwhelming yeah over <laughs> overwhelming and while while you know portions of it sound fun you know um mm -hmm. to me that's that's a lot to keep up with and and mm -hmm. i'm i'm bad with the the sharing aspect so i'm i'm you know pretty pretty monogamous and in a sense um 
So is it, I mean, is and that's it fair? It's not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's, everyone's got, you know, their interests mm-hmm. and, um, and has that made, uh, I mean, not mm-hmm. trying to think of how to, how to phrase that question. Um, do do you think overall that's being in a relationship like that is more difficult than not being in a relationship like that? If that makes sense, does it seem like like more things come up because there's more people involved and there's um, well, sure. I feel but, like it's a little bit more difficult, but I I don't think I would be happy monogamous. Yeah. Um, I don't think either of us would. Well, Michael, maybe he's kind of a solitary person. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah um, but go on. Did you have further questions? Yeah. Um, questions? No, that was I because I, I just think of, of you know, a relationship being uh, not difficult, but you have your arguments and you have well, your your disagreements and stuff. And then you double the amount mm-hmm. of people in that. And. Uh, relationships are always imperfect oh yeah yeah i think that's what i think that's what people forget with relationships one Mm -hmm. of the biggest thing is that you know Mm -hmm. you're two different people yeah yeah i've 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 dated a gal that you know well i've dated gals that have you know the second that you have an argument they're like well this is this is it we're arguing we're having a fight and that's the end of everything and Mm. and i've you know i've been married and i've gone through divorce and i've done all that you know and been in long-term relationships where just no matter what you're gonna you know you're gonna have an argument you're gonna disagree on certain things and and by no means is an argument the end of the end of anything so relationships are fun They're a roller coaster, and um, having four people on board is uh, a lot of drama. Yeah. But um, overall, I feel like it's worth it to me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds like it it does more good than bad, which is yeah, you know, which is which is. Good. I have more people to reach out to if I need like support. Yeah, and more people like. And I've learned, I've learned that uh, somewhat patience, as um, even though I have uh, three partners, um, sometimes I'm like, I'm not getting enough attention. Oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. Family and and relationships, regardless, is is difficult. Oh yeah difficult to 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 keep up but worth it in the end um you had said well let's see so as far as sorry i was taking some notes and then i think we you're good as soon as i as soon as i would write something down you 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 hopped on and covered the the questions that i had with everything so um I like so, yeah. talking. Oh yeah, no, no, that's you know, that's why I'm doing this is is I love hearing people's stories and and I love having conversations and being able to, you know, cuz it does like for me it's while our lives are drastically different um mm-hmm. it's still relatable, 
whether it be, you know, I don't, exactly. I, I don't have three partners, but we're still in a relationship and that's, it's, you know, it all kind of intertwines back, uh, yeah. back to me, but, um, but yeah, so you do, um, you do some digital art. I do. And what kind of digital art are you into? How, what, what is, what kind of masterpieces so are you making? I like, I like drawing characters, although I'm not the best at anatomy. Um, I like drawing characters. Uh, I have trouble setting them in backgrounds, and I'm working on that. But um, a few years ago, my uh, partner, Michael, got me an iPad, uh, an iPad Pro, and I've just uh, kind of my skill has exploded since then Okay. a little bit because um, like it's a lot easier to to um, I have trouble painting for this reason it's a lot easier to erase when you can just undo yes yeah I, <laughs> I, I picture it as I don't like drawing anymore because as soon as I mess something up when I'm drawing I have to like like well I'm erase done. certain parts <laughs> and i'm like ah you know you just throw that piece of paper away and you start again and oh, um yeah the digital aspect i learned something i've learned something from a, a channel i'm going to shamelessly plug called absolutely okay drawfees um they used to be a part of like com not comedy central it was like freaking college humor oh, okay i think yeah. yeah um but um they're independent now and they always they're they're just uh four artists uh four or five artists that um <clears throat> do like take suggestions and do dra drawings based on those suggestions and they sometimes do it live they sometimes do um uh time lapses and i've been working on time lapses myself but i'm not very good at them um but <clears throat> delete your art they always say delete your art hmm. if you're an artist listening to this and you're frustrated with something you're working on delete it <laughs> <laughs> that's that's shamelessly redraw that see and that's that's tough for me i'm not by any means you know an artist oh, yeah, but really but hard. but when i when i do work on on projects like it's so hard for me i i I'm gonna like I used to build things and if I mess something up I can't like that restarting that whole thing is so frustrating it's like I'm gonna fix it this and, which just makes it more of a mess daunting. you know yeah makes it more yeah difficult. I get that it's pretty daunting yeah but what is what what does art mean to you uh it, it is a skill that I um, can like take pride in and have confidence with. Um, not all the time, but it's um, <clears throat> it's comforting to know that I can I can produce something that's cool and I'm not just in a an entire mess. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, do you, do you, did you study art or did you, is this just something that came up as a hobby and you sat there one day and said, oh, I'm actually pretty, pretty decent at this. I'll 
keep going with it. Uh, it started when I was a kid and I envied my, my middle sister's uh, drawings and asked her to draw something for me. And she's like, do it yourself. <laughs> so I was like, mom, can you show me how to draw? Because I want to draw this character. So she's being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I learned a little bit from my mom and then just kind of um i i took all the classes that i could in art i tried to apply myself a little bit more in art stuff um as because you know the other subjects were a little poorer for me yeah i, I struggled in school but um <clears throat> i i discovered pretty early on that I don't know if I was good at it, but I liked it and it was fun. And I could put down, I could, I, I have uh, an easier time than a lot of people putting down things that are in my head. Yeah. And uh, I resisted using references for a long time. So my anatomy is kind of bad, but um, I was able to put down characters that I was thinking of and be like, look, I like I was thinking of this and I could make it a reality. Yeah, that's that's where I struggled is <clears throat> is I could have an idea in my head and I could almost draw a picture in my head. But then putting that down onto paper was a whole different story. Oh, it's so hard. It took a lot of practice. Yeah, and that's that's also one of the things that I'm terrible with is uh, I'm, I realize it more so in the last couple of years than I did early on in life that you're not going to be good at something your first go. And so exactly whatever it was, you know, I got lucky, like I picked up skateboarding and um, and I stuck with it. But that was one of the few things I would try something else. I would try art and I would grab a you know a pen and paper and try and draw something and I'd go oh I'm I'm ter I'm terrible at this so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that was your first mistake you grabbed a pen. Oh yeah no I I had no idea. I I grew up uh the my first girlfriend all the way back in you know 6th or 7th grade was uh oh yeah was was very artistic and it's because she has been practicing and i would see the stuff that she would yeah. do and i'd go oh i can draw too or i could paint something and yeah. yeah i just picked it up and was like oh no i i can't i can't do this and uh and yeah it wasn't until later on in life that i would you know try to do some woodworking stuff and uh fail miserably and then i i had that thought in the back of my mind that said, well, I almost, I almost did it. And I know what I did. Mm -hmm. I know what I did wrong. I know where I messed up so I can try it again. And I would get past that step. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I don't think I've other than your, um, avatar, I guess they call it here on, on discord. I don't think I've seen your drawings. So, yeah. Oh, oh, the goblin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of whipped that up in a few minutes. I would do it differently if I had. Uh, I probably will and have read. I have redrawn that goblin a few times, but yeah. I want to do more. Um, but I mean, I can show you a lot more of my art. Um, it, yeah, 
it's usually characters. Uh, I can send you something right now, if that works. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me take a look at it. Okay. And then this another, is another um, portrait. I've got mm-hmm. this up here, and no, this is a a perfect time to shamelessly plug yourself if people want to see your art. Um, you said they can find you on Instagram at Mako Doodly Do. Mm-hmm. And yep. would you? That's M A K O D O O D L Y D O O. Okay. Yep, all one word. Um, yeah, no caps. And like I, I said, I'll 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 put a link in the description of of each episode so people can uh, can just yeah. c- click on it and and check out all the stuff that you do. Oh, that's pretty cool. So that, yeah, so digital <laughs> art, yeah, because. Mm-hmm. All the details and stuff on there are got hair. I couldn't. I I got decent at drawing a hand. That was the only thing I could ever do. Oh, hands are. I oh man, it t- it took me years, decades for hands. I I I don't think I could do it anymore. But I remember everyone complaining that hands were impossible, and I was uh, like, I'm gonna get good like, at drawing hands. I so That's I can I, I can do a really good stick figure mm-hmm. with an amazing a with a great it. hand on it, but that's about it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so you do you do some character stuff and um mm-hmm. and I know when we had talked at the beginning of this, you said do you typically do commissions, but you're not doing commissions now? I I tried very hard to keep commission slots open. I um I even narrowed it down to like one or two and recently just decided that I can't cuz um every time I take a commission it uh I either don't charge enough or um I am I have weak boundaries as far as like telling my i I can't i have a a hard time telling my clients when i am having trouble and am going to take a little while yeah and it it could it has stretched out over a year or so and i i i just i finally was like i i cannot consistently get them done in a timely manner so and well, I'm just not. Yeah, I mean that's that's you know my my struggle, which I'm not. Well, I'm creating something with with the podcasts, but I I find it yeah. difficult to get myself to schedule with people, and because I'm not much of a morning person, so doing doing them in the morning is difficult. But then also I do other stuff in the evening and planning and scheduling right. and then having the motivation to do it. And I told myself I was putting these episodes out once a week. And I think I've missed a week, if not two, I would have, I should have had one out. Um, I should have had one out yesterday. Um, so I'll have to quickly edit this one to get it out and make up for, um, <laughs> for not having it this week. But, um, but yeah, so you, 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 as far as as where you're at in life right now, everything is not everything, but would you say things are pretty good me- mentally and relationship wise, and uh, just life in general is kind of at that point where where 
nothing too chaotic is going on. I think so. I think <clears throat> as of now, like I've got my 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 borderline personality disorders is in much under much better control. Um, I uh, I have even moods uh, because my mood stabilizer is is really working out for me and um uh, we're just dialing in adhd and i uh, clearly have some hyperactivity symptoms and we're working on that but um <laughs> it was nice to it's um it hasn't been too horrible like dialing in my adhd the the blood pressure mess was not fun but i I'm having a much better time, especially with the blood pressure okay. and everything. Yeah. But yeah, um, relationships and stuff have been great. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have any general life advice for people? Um, yes, I do. Let's hear it. So I'm not a professional by any means. Um, and, you know, it's not for everyone, but lots and lots of people could use and deserve one-on-one -on -one therapy. And I highly encourage you if you are struggling to seek help. Yes. And um, especially like, I, I, I know that it was initially intended for people with borderline, but I 100% support and encourage people to seek dialectical behavior therapy, which is a group therapy that focuses on behavior and coping skills. And it has made my life so much easier. And I promise it's incredibly helpful skills for anyone. Yeah, and yeah. I, it's, I shamelessly tell people that I, that this, deserves to be a class taught in middle school and even like grade school and middle school and high school. Like this needs to be a, it, DBT needs to be a dedicated class because it's important information for people who are growing up, especially within the doc, the indoctrination period. Yeah. It encourages coping skills and critical thinking. Yeah, that's that's a big thing I think a lot of people lack is, you know, I, I went through what I went through when I was young and I ended up in facilities where we did a lot of therapy mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And um, mm -hmm. and it's become second nature for me to think of and use coping skills and critical thinking stuff. And I just see a lot of people that don't have that kind of skill and yeah. in, in every situation, you know it's it's useful stuff um mm -hmm. but i i i want to thank you so much for for being so open about everything um i'm hoping that at some point we will uh we'll touch base again obviously um so i think i think we're we're best friends now um yeah <laughs> um but uh it, I, I'm I'm hoping that at some point down the road we can do another episode. We can dive deeper into different things. Uh, it's definitely yeah, for sure. I'd love that. It my my problem is I 
I, it's hard to go for, you know, three, four hours on a podcast and we hit that sweet spot. And, uh, mm-hmm. but there is, there's so, you know, I, I took a lot of notes and like I said, you answered most of the things, but there's a, a deep dive that we can take into like every little thing. And, uh, oh gosh, I'd love that. yeah. And what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to, uh, find a way to, uh, encourage our listeners to post questions under each podcast that they want to ask, <gasps> yeah. uh, the individuals that are on each episode. And when we get a good list going, we can come back to it and, uh, and either clarify some stuff or dive deeper into uh, whatever the audience is uh, is wanting, because I know there's um, there's going to be people that relate to different things in each story. So um, yeah, but yeah, but what I'll do is um, we'll end it now, and I will uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll shoot you a message, and I'll check out your Instagram. Uh, and sure. we'll yeah we'll we'll keep in touch here so uh again i just want to i want to thank you for for being so open and for taking the time to do this today yeah thank you so much for having me all right we'll see ya all right you too bye bye thank you for listening to the podcast i would like to have you on an episode of chatting with strangers you can reach out to me by using the link in the description to join the discord and follow me on instagram Is there a question I should have asked during the episode? Did we skip over a subject that you want to know more about? Follow the link in the description and you can ask questions for each guest to be answered on later episodes.